If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for September 30th, 2012. And uh, today, just going to be covering rapid fire, a lot of the different things that happened just in the last week relating to and trying to relate all that to the Bible, um, basically biblical prophecy, essentially. And... Um, We'll go ahead and start out today with some Bible verses, and then we'll get right into the study. I had a listener send me uh, these verses the other day. I thought they were good to start out the study with. Uh, Psalm 144 through 7. Now, again, particularly in light of today's teaching, you'll understand as well as we go along. <clears throat> it says, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud have hit a snare for me in cords, and they have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me, meaning traps. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. And again, what we're seeing here is asking God to... Um, uh, the psalmist asking God to protect him and preserve him from the violent man and all the traps that he's set. And anymore, you look at just the news, um, particularly if you're, you're looking at any kind of alternative media source, and you see all of the traps that are being set. It's everywhere. I mean, the legislations, the, 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 the laws... And the Bible talks about the wicked that frame a mischief by a law. And in that particular context, mischief isn't just like, oh, he's a mischievous little guy. You know, it's more like, no, they're, they're coming to essentially, you know, take you out. Everywhere you look, there's all of these different traps that are, are sometimes in broad daylight. They're laying and setting. And, but the Lord is greater than all that. The Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, is greater than all that. Uh, we're talking about the creator of the universe here. The Lord says in his words, Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Isaiah 33 and 32. But we have to have the faith to believe that, that he can deliver us in the, in the, uh, from the traps of the wicked. Not to say there's not people that are going to suffer or people that are going to be martyred or those types of things. But even in that situation, the Lord is capable of getting you through whatever is necessary. And even in even in death, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. <laughs> then it's over. Then you're not going to have to worry about this garbage we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis anymore. You know, death is the door to eternal life for a born-again Christian. It's not a bad thing. It's the best thing, actually. It's just we're not programmed that way mentally to, oh, embrace death and, and these types of things. But, you know, hopefully you understand what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to convey here as a born-again Christian. Um, but no matter how much legislation they pass, no matter how 
wicked things are becoming. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. The Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, they're greater. They're greater. And it's not like anything is a big... um, It's not like you're going to sneak up on God. And He's not going to be aware of what the enemy may be planning you know, for your life. And again, that's why a long time ago I did that teaching on Psalm 64. You know, and when I started praying that consistently, it, I mean, it was just a gigantic change in my life regarding evil harassment, I mean, it was just, it was a huge, gigantic change in my life. And again, the, the, the way that psalm starts out, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. So again, it's, it's asking and you're appropriating the Lord's protection. And it's not just about God protecting you. It's about God protecting you so that you can go on And do what the Lord's called you to do. You can go on and help others. Let them that's greatest among you, let him be your servant. So you can be a servant to mankind. It's not just about God protecting you so you can hide in a corner somewhere and you're all warm and fuzzy and and you're doing nothing for God. That's not what it's about. You're asking for the protection so that you can work for the Lord, so that you're not hindered in your walk. So it depends on what your heart is when you pray it as well. Regarding that, you know, you want to do it so you can serve God. You're not doing it so, now I understand you might have a family and, and, you know, they need protection. But even that, I mean, your family needs protection so that you can do your job. Because obviously they're not being protected, you're going to be preoccupied on that particular point. So, you might want to avail yourself to that. I'll give you the link later in this teaching, or just key in the word psalm at contendingfortruth.com. And um, you can... Avail yourself to that particular teaching. Hopefully it will be a blessing to you. Not a, not a study you'll hardly ever hear. I've heard maybe two sermons on that in my, the whole time I've ever been a Christian. On that particular type of subject. On imprecatory prayers is what they're referring to. So, then the listener that sent me this says, the day, um, the day of battle is also a great day of the Lord God Almighty, these are beautiful words to hear, especially the word covered, meaning a hedge of protection. And um, when, it, when it says, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Especially the word covered, which means a hedge of protection to block or to stop the approach. Please notice in conjunction with this term, the word violent, which is the same now where, where it says that, oh, keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked, preserve me from the violent man. Okay, which again is you're asking God for protection here. Now, if there's ever been a time that we're moving into, other than the days of Noah, and we're going to talk about that in a second, when this would be more applicable, it's now. Because it's like everywhere you look, you're seeing violence and evil and wickedness. The Bible says the wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Psalm 12, verse 8. Well, you've got the vilest 
you know, I think indisputably the vilest president that we've ever had. I'm not giving them the other ones a pass, a lot of the other ones that we've had, but I'm talking about off the scale here, and I've documented that in many teachings over and over. Um, most radical pro-abortion, pro-death, I mean, not by itself, president ever on record, and as a, as a senator as well, with his voting record. We're proving that over and over. Most radical pro-homosexual. We're going to be talking about that as well a little bit later. Uh, and those two issues alone, if you look in the Bible, God's severest judgment always will typically come when you have those two things going on. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, he wiped everybody out. They're all gone, essentially, other than, you know, Lot and his daughters getting out. Uh, total annihilation and child sacrifice. Those are the other things. Just go to Jeremiah 7, 11, and 14. And God gets, to, I mean, when that's going on in a society, God will finally get to a point where he'll say, don't bother praying for these people anymore that are sacrificing their children. In this particular case, it was the Jews. Because I'm not going to hear your prayer. I, I'm, I don't even don't even come to me anymore. And the Jews that were doing it thought that they were in the middle of God's will. They thought we're 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 delivered to do this evil. We're 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 commissioned. We're they were going to church, and they were you know going through all the motions. Yet they were making cakes to the Queen of Heaven. And today's vernacular, that would be Mary, the Mary of the Catholic Church, not the not the Mary of the Bible. I'm the Mary of the Catholic Church. They literally worship her and they literally call her the co-redemptrix. Meaning you have to get saved through her and Jesus. And you, the only way to get to Jesus is through the mom because she's the only one that can appease him. So, because he's up there really, really angry and uh, only Mary can be the one that approaches him. That's what the Catholic Church teaches. They teach it in their catechisms and things of this nature. So, um, anyway, it's... Uh, it's one of those things to think about there. But going back to the main article, um, he says, please notice in conjunction with the term violent, this is the same word used in Genesis 6, 10 through 13, which says, And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. It's the same word that we used in Protect Me From The Violent Man in the verse I just cited. The earth was filled with violence. We're going to be looking at that today and just kind of one aspect of it. But that's the way the world's more and more becoming every day. Violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh. Same. Pretty much everybody. Other than, obviously, Noah and his immediate family. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Well, when you've got fallen angels falling as they were in Genesis 6, and they procreate with women, which they were, they left their, the Bible talks about in Jude, that these angels left their first estate, their first home, 
procreated with women, which they're not called to ever do, had a race of giants, in the Hebrew known as Nephilim, or the fallen ones, and those, and what ended up happening is the genetic seed line of mankind started to be more and more corrupted. Not only was it corrupted from a DNA standpoint, it was corrupted from a demonic devil standpoint. Meaning, d- people were literally walking around pretty much demon-possessed, even if their DNA hadn't been corrupted. And again, the, pe- the amount of people that were actually corrupted DNA-wise at that point, from the fallen angels, I, who, there's no way I can know that. But God said that all flesh had corrupted his way on the earth. So, one way or another, whether it's DNA, whether it's devils, demons, either way, in God's eyes, all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Now, if you don't know about this whole thing with... um, the days of Noah and these types of things, just go up to contendingfortruth.com, key in Noah, or key in Nephilim, that word, uh, angels, you'll find, the, the I've done many teachings on this, so, uh, if you want to know more about that. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them on the earth. Uh, then the listener writes, that is a frightful sign of the times we are living in. It puts Matthew twenty four thirty seven in perspective, which says, but as the days of Noe were, Noe, that word in the King James means Noah. Okay, just so you know. But as the days of Noe were, so shall the, the coming of the Son of Man be. So as those days were, in Noah's day, where the whole earth had been corrupted, the whole earth, now, I'm not saying the remnant's corrupted, but pretty much four, the four corners of the earth have been corrupted in some way, shape, or form. God's remnant in that particular day and age got down to like basically eight people. The ones that were preserved on the ark and the, and the animals that hadn't been defiled either. That's how bad it got. It's not going to get that bad as far as it's not going to come down to where there's eight Christians on the planet. But the whole earth, four corners of the earth, um, is going to be... This is what we should be expecting. Yet, you've got all these 501c3 corporate churches yoked up with the IRS, the government, and soon to be the United Nations. In a way, they are with the World Council of Churches. They're not, for the most part, teaching this. These are things we should be expecting to happen. And they're not teaching it. They're just, you know, willy-nilly, don't want to lose their 501c3 corporate exemption, and, you know, people can't write it off on their IRS taxes. They might get in trouble with the government. It wouldn't be popular. We might lose a lot of congregants. They're fearing man and not fearing God. They're not being watchmen. Now, I'm not saying every single one, but for the majority, obviously, that's the case. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. This is what we should be looking for in the earth. And most of the so-called churches totally unprepared. Because they haven't been 
worn, educated, and um, it's really a sad state of affairs. And that's why kind of this ministry exists, to contend for the truth, to actually try to biblically reconcile the day and times we're living in. And it's easy to do that, because we see all this evidence all around us, and this is this is why it kind of blows my mind about these other churches that are preaching this feel-good, whatever they're preaching, man, they got to ignore a whole lot of stuff in order to do that. I mean a whole lot of stuff every week. But the Bible, I really believe, makes reference to this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it talks about the falling away of the church, and then that wicked will be revealed. Wicked, capital W, meaning the Antichrist, the false prophet. Now, they're going to deceive the whole world and this is what we're on the cusp of, probably on the heels of World War III, which could happen any minute, they're going to deceive the whole world through lying signs and wonders and miracles. That's what the Bible says. And it says in Matthew 24, 24, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect, and in that particular case, false prophets as well. So you got you don't ever want to get to the point where you think you've got it all figured out and you know everything and I'm really smart and nothing's going to get over on me. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's why humility is so important. And if you don't feel like you have humility or fear of God, which really are synonymous, they're, they're, they go hand in hand, pray for that. Just pray for it. God will give it to you. I really believe that. I mean, I think that's a prayer God's going to honor. God, give me more humility and fear the Lord. Why would God deny, you know, unless you were just like totally hardened and, you know. I think that's a prayer that God would more tend to honor than, oh God, give me a Lamborghini. Uh, Make sure it has all the options. I really want that turbo package bad. I'm I'm worthy, God. I'm worthy. Oh. You know what I mean? So I, I'm just trying to dramatize things there. Um, so these are things we can pray about. But but it goes on in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where it's talking about, for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The truth is what we are trying to reconcile here and what we're looking at and what the Bible clearly predicts is going to happen where we're going to have extreme wickedness, you know, lies, deceptions, evilness. We're trying to, to, and obviously the main truth is the word of God, which they've attacked that on every front as well through a lot of their perverted Bibles. They've gone away from the King James Bible, now they've used all these other versions that have their origins in the Catholic Church. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But God is sending the strong delusion. And I mean, all you have to do is look around to, to, to see it. People are deluded. They're not, I mean, the stuff that we get into on a weekly basis here, most of the church have no clue or, and don't want to know about it. It's really, really scary to see that trend. But it's the norm. It's absolutely the norm. I really do believe the fluoridation of the water, particularly in America, I mean, it's really created a 
brain-damaged society for the most part. Now, that's exactly why they're doing it. They did it in Auschwitz. They did it in the Nazi prison camps for that reason. It creates a very docile, brain-damaged, burns out your lower brain lobes, which is which controls your, your will to resist. All the chemicals that they put in the water, in the air with the chemtrails, and in the food, a lot of that has literally, I mean, brain-damaged a ton of people. And it's affected their thinking processes. And we're body, soul, and spirit. Well, you're only strong as the weakest link in the chain. If your body, or if your mind is gone, it's pretty tough to engage in critical thinking regarding issues like this. And if you have a lifetime invested in lies, which most people do, whether it's the lie of them thinking their particular denomination are the only ones going to heaven, and there's no Bible for denominations, or if it's the lie of thinking a certain thing, uh, paradigm thinking where you know you think that everything's going to get better and better, like the dominionists teach, and that's going to get so good that Jesus Christ is going to come back. We're not going to... Revelation's done away with, essentially. And he's just going to come back and rule and reign. And we're not going to have to go through anything like Revelation and Daniel predict. If you have a lot invested in a particular belief system, the more you have invested, the harder it is to break away from that. Because you've got a lot invested there. And in order for you to admit that I was wrong... That involves humbling yourself. That also involves you admitting that I've wasted umpteen years in a particular belief system that have been totally wasted. And maybe I've even been working for the devil, essentially. Or I've been doing the devil's work and not even knowing it. It's very, very tough. For a lot... I think God, in my particular case, God was merciful to me because I went from like... (laughs) I was in like a Lutheran middle school, Catholic high school, totally brought up in New Age with my mom. My dad, mom, rock and roll, party on, radical, drinking, boozing, you know, whatever. And then and then when I got saved, hypercharismania, Pentecostalism, hypercharismania, and then all the way over to the, the opposite extreme, independent, fundamental unregistered, unincorporated, King James-only Baptist. I mean, the most radical opposite of charismania, probably. But I never stayed in any one particular thing very long. It's like God kind of like let me go and experience all of these things. I didn't have a ton invested. It's not like I had a lifetime invested in any one particular thing. So I think in that regard, it was easier for me to break away and take what I saw. I mean, and not to say there wasn't ever any truth in any of those areas that you couldn't glean, but there was a lot of leaven. Leaven is bad doctrine. Jesus Christ said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's also it's always a type of sin in the Bible. And he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees to his apostles, which is their doctrine. So there's no Bible for incorporating your your church yoking up with the government and the IRS. No, no Bible. No Bible for going to the state to get licensing in order so you can preach. No Bible for that at all. You know, 
No Bible for using perverted Bible versions where the Word of God is corrupted. Uh, you could go on and on and on. But I never was really that invested in, in any one of those. So it was a lot easier for me to break away. And God, I think, showed me all this stuff so that when I ultimately ended up starting this ministry, praise the Lord, I was able to help people that I might not have normally ever been able to help. Because I had a very, very broad perspective. It wasn't like I hadn't already been there in a lot of these different things. So I could kind of relate and maybe have some sympathy with their particular situation. And also maybe knew exactly what they needed because I had already been there. So I'm glad the Lord let me go through all that stuff. I'm very glad I didn't actually ever end up staying in any one particular one because I saw a lot of very unchristian things in every denomination I was in. Flat out. Different. Different flavors of unchristian things in every single denomination I was ever involved in. So, I have kind of a broad perspective on that particular thing. But, the Bible says, But as the days of Noah were, so shall, the summon, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. What was the biggest thing going on in Noah's day? Well, violence had filled the earth. Flesh had been corrupted on the earth. The earth was filled with violence. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wise of all that they chose. The sons of God are angels. Just do a keyword search in the Old Testament. Not in the New, the Old. You compare Scripture with Scripture. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Comparing line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. When you do a keyword search for the sons of God in the Old Testament, written in Hebrew, it's not underlined like in the Old or, or in the in the New, which is underlined Greek. In the New Testament, sons of God are like you and I, believers. In that context, in the Old, if you do a keyword search for sons of God, it's always in reference to angels. Always. There's three other references in Job where it's clearly in reference to angels. Sons of God, so the daughters of men. They're, they're even distinct there. Sons of God. Daughters of men. Okay, They're distinct, separate and distinct. It's not the godly line of Seth like the cemeteries teach. Doesn't even make any remote sense. The godly line of Seth, why if it was a godly line would it produce a wicked giant, giant offspring that defiled the whole planet? <laughs> so much so that God had to end up destroying it with a flood? It makes a lot of sense. I mean, it really does. Anyway, I've done tons of studies on that. Just do those keyword searches. Like I said, I don't want to go down that or say anything more because we're I'm already probably over on time here. I got about a 20, oh, 22, 23 page study today. And we're going to go into just some rapid fire stuff here. Kind of changed my format in the last, I don't know, six weeks or so. And I've been more trying to hit rapid fire because there's so much coming at me. I can't dwell on any one particular thing too long. So first one, and I got this, I've gotten this uh, at least from two different, two or three different sources. 
Um, and I've got it entitled Hoax Viral Video on YouTube. Israel's rabbis meet with Ahmadinejad in New York City. And my comment is, yeah, five years ago. So this was this new video that has been forwarded to me a lot. And I've seen it. It's on different websites. Saying, oh, isn't this wonderful? Okay. I did not believe it from the moment. I, I didn't buy it, I should say, from the moment I saw it. This guy put it out. And the description of the video reads on YouTube, This video is banned for broadcast on news networks in the USA, Israel, and Europe. Ahmadinejad, um, this, is the, this is the Mahmoud Ahmadinejad that Israel in the U.S. does not want you to see. Oh, it's a kinder, gentler one. Okay? All this stuff about him saying I want to destroy the Jews and kill them and annihilate them and just drive them into the sea, that's all been a lie. He's just, you know, it was just, just a lie. That's all. This is the Ahmadinejad that is real, okay, in this video, okay? And it says, Jewish leaders and prominent, prominent businessmen greet Ahmadinejad with Inshallah, evidently is a uh, Jewish-Israeli term, and bless him for a long life. I'm not denying that they did that in the video. Okay, you can watch it. You can go up there and watch it. And then it says, please watch this other video. I'm going to get to that in a second. So I watch this video and I'm like, you know what? I know exactly what's going on with this. And I looked at all the comments on YouTube, and everybody's like, oh, see, isn't this wonderful? Kumbaya, it's so wonderful that we can all come together as one. Jews and Muslims and Hindus and Buddhists, and we're all one big happy... Yeah, it's the new coming one world religion. Absolutely, that the Bible predicts under Antichrist, sure. But that's not going to happen. There's, there, it, there's not going to be any kind of real earth unity until Jesus comes back and rules with a rod of iron from Jerusalem in the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. That's not going to happen until then. It sure is not going to happen now of all times on the planet when the Bible predicts all this evil and wickedness and violence arising. And we, all we have to do is look around and see that's the case. So, this video, it just kind of got me fired. I, I just wanted to, to preemptively explore this and refute it because, you know, it's up there on the internet and, and people are believing this. And they're not even questioning it. Okay, so, my comment. Now, I tried to leave this on the, on the one, but it was, it, the guy that put it up, I'm sure, was a troll and wanted just to do this just to get everybody off track. And he was only letting the comments... Um, that he wanted to be posted, and they were all the, you know, this is so wonderful, and oh, see, we've just been lied to by the media, and you know, Ahmadinejad is wonderful, and they love the Jew, the Muslims love the Jews, and the Jews love the Muslims. It's just a wonderful, happy thing. Um, my comment was, I hate to burst everyone's warm, happy, fuzzy bubble, but this video is five years old. The video was originally posted on September 24, 2007. I give you a link to the original video, and you can see the date right there. Okay, so about five years ago, it was posted. And it was the Iranian president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad meets the leaders of Naturi Karta International, I'll give you their website, an anti-Zionist Jewish group on Monday at the, at, a, at the start of a visit to New York in the UN General Assembly. 
And just as the Quran instructs, now this is the important part, because if you're watching this, even though it's five years old, you'd be like, what's going on here? He's like hugging these rabbis, and it looks like they're all good buddy buddies, and everybody looks like they're just so sincere and cordial, and what in the world is going on? Even if it's five years old. Okay? Here's the key. Just as the Quran instructs to Muslims to make a pretense of friendship towards your enemies, in other words, lie to them, until the time you can subdue them and destroy them. This is why Ahmadinejad would have done this in the first place. Okay, Muslims will do and say anything in order to advance Allah's agenda. Just go to Quran 354, the Quran uh, 354, and I give you the verse. Allah schemed against them, the unbelievers. And Allah is the best of schemers. In other words, the moon god, which is Allah, it's not the god of the Bible, he is a fallen angel who is the best of schemers. Well, of course, he's a fallen angel. He's one of Satan's henchmen. You know? And Satan is an incredible schemer. And so are his fallen angels. The Arabic word used here for scheme or plot is makara, which literally means deceit. If Allah is deceitful toward unbelievers, then there is little basis for denying that Muslims are allowed to do the same. Why? Because they want to emulate their God. And if Allah is a schemer and deceitful and evil, well, when we can be schemers and deceitful and, un- and evil. Now, you can also go to verses 8.30 and 10.21, which there's links to, which also confirm this. From another Muslim, quote, holy writing, the Hadith, we read in Bukhari 52-269, where it said, the prophet said, war is deceit. Okay, war is deceit. The Muslims have proclaimed jihad, or holy war, against the Jews in America. That's well known. So they've already proclaimed war against us. So anything that they feign or act like to us infidels, us unclean infidels as they would view us, they're going to do it out of deceit. Until which time they garner enough power or get entrenched enough where they can actually strike. And that's what we're talking about here. A major part of this war is deceit. They are liars and admit to this in their own writings and unholy books. Muslims are allowed to lie to unbelievers in order to defeat them. The two forms of lying that they're allowed to do are known as takiyah, which which would be the underlying Arabic word, takiyah, which means saying something that isn't true, that's permissible, and the second kind is kitman, which means lying by omission. In reality, Ahmadinejad is a Holocaust denier who has threatened to wipe Israel off the map. That should tell you how much he loves the Jews. I mean, look at what he just said the other day in New York where Ahmadinejad says Israel will be eliminated. I mean, and we're going to read that. That's the next article. More on that in a second. So, in other words, I'll get... This happens to me a lot. I'll get somebody that'll email me something, and it'll be supposedly contradictory to, like, a gigantic amount of information that we've reported on, and we've proved a certain point. And there'll be one little thing supposedly contradicting it. My question always is, okay, does this one video, or does this one thing undo 
all of the other obvious things that have happened in the past that we've reported on, that we've documented, does it undo that? And no, it doesn't. This was just a trick or a ploy on Ahmadinejad's part to buy more time, to entrench themselves more into, you know, it's, it's, it's an absolute total tactic of deceit. And the Muslims are, they're absolutely built around deceit. Their whole religion is built upon lying and lying and lying in order to just get a little bit closer to their enemy in order to wipe them out ultimately. And I'm talking about, you know, obviously the radical Islamic element that's in control, but trust me, all the moderate Muslims are going to fall in line as things get worse and worse and worse. They're all going to fall in line. And they're part of this. They act like, oh, we're moderate and this and that. We're going to talk about that as well. They're not innocent. They're not innocent by any stretch of imagination. They're providing the cover for the radical element. They're trying to provide the good face for the radical element. See, we're, we're, we're not all bad. No, yes, you are. Every one of you. Because it's the same spirit behind that religion that emanates and operates through all of you. Now, I pray to God their souls be saved. I'm not... I'm not asking them to go to hell or anything like that. I'm not praying that. I'm just saying that this is how their religion works and operates. And it's through deceit. And it's deceit on many different levels. And we will get into that in depth today. Five years ago, Iran was not ready to go to war with Israel. Now, this is my comment. Five years ago, Iran was not ready to go to war with Israel. And this is when that meeting took place. As they believe the arrival of their awaited savior, the Imam Mahdi, which is their awaited savior, which Maitreya claims to be, but anyway, was not close enough and they did not have the Middle East domination of the Muslim Brotherhood and the radical Islam that they currently now enjoy. Thanks to our U.S. government helping to install the current Islamic radical puppet dictators now occupying many Middle Eastern countries. It's been a group effort. With our country and the, in the Middle Eastern countries, we've in, we've removed guys like Gaddafi and these other ones that weren't near as radical as the ones they got in there now. They wanted a, the Muslim radical brotherhood, Al-Qaeda, they wanted all that. Therefore, when the Middle East, World War III happened, these countries would be much more ready and chomping at the bit to totally annihilate Israel. A lot of these other dictators that were in there had a half a brain in their head and they knew this is not something I really want. I'm happy being a dictator in my own country. I don't really want to be messing around Israel too much. But these other guys now are so much more radical and so much, I really almost believe, more demon-possessed to the point where it doesn't matter. We're going to go. We, they believe that they need to die in order to bring on the Imam Mahdi. They're, they're wanting to be a martyr. They're wanting to be that. I mean, they can have their 72 virgin wives, perpetual virgin wives. I did a study on that the other night. Somebody asked me about that. And I, I got all the info on where all that comes from, actually. It's a compilation of not just the Quran, but their other unholy books where they weave together this elaborate thing of their 72 perpetual virgin wives um, and white-skinned boys that they get to have up in paradise when they martyr the infidels. So they're looking forward to dying. They've got all of this pretty much installed now in a lot of these different governments. I don't know if there's any other governments they need to topple. 
before this happens. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. I don't know. But uh, that's the deal. We've helped this all happen. We facilitated it. And we wanted this to happen from, from because because the Illuminati wants World War III. And they realized they had to install these radical Muslim dictators in there, the really, really hardcore ones, in order to really get the, the World War III off and, and get that all going. So, notice I also said in the description of the video, there was a second video they recommend you watch. Okay. The second recommended link in the description video of these suppose these rabbis five years ago even though they're acting like this just happened the other day that was the whole thing they said oh this just happened at the um at new york city the other day when ahmadinejad was here even though ahmadinejad saying i want israel's going to be eliminated and we're going to look at what he actually said and i'm thinking this doesn't make any sense he's saying israel has to be eliminated they're gonna they're they're all going to go by the wayside they're going to be a historical footnote and he's over here Buddy buddies with these rabbis? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't because it happened five years ago. When they weren't near as far advanced in their agenda as they are now. That's why. There was a second recommended link in the description of this video. From good old David Duke. Who was the former head of the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan. So I'm going to go to him for, I, I got one listener and he's always sending me videos from this guy. I'm like, do you realize this guy was the former head of the KKK? <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's evidently he's a beacon of truth. A beacon of, of infallible truth. I'm like, dude, I don't want to know anything this guy's got to say. I really don't care. And it's all this video that I basically put one comment in there saying, Devin, uh, David Duke leavens his doctrine. He starts off by saying some things that are true. And then he goes right into, he leavens his doctrine by lying and saying that the only ones who want war with Iran is Israel and the USA. Now, USA, yeah, for the reasons I've stated. They're the ones that have installed the Muslim radical dictators in there. And I'm not saying that Zionist elements of the Israeli government don't want it either. But I'm talking about Israel in general. I don't think wants it. The people, I don't think they want that. You know, and he just blames it on the USA and Israel. He does. There's no blame on Iran or any of the Middle Eastern countries, even though they are just like frothing, rabid dogs. They all have rabies. Chomping at the bit to die and kill as many, take out as many Israelites as they can. And we're going to look at this over and over and over again today, if you don't believe that. There's no, there's no culpability on their part. They're, they're all innocent. Oh no, it's the poor Muslims. They have just suffered so mightily at the hands of, of the Israelites. It's just all Israel, mostly. In the USA, they're the only ones that, that, um, want war with Iran. Iran doesn't want it. Even though they say over and over and over and over again that they want this and that they have to have it in order for the Imam Mahdi. And I understand you could say, well, yeah, that's only a certain sect of, of the Muslims that are expecting the Imam Mahdi. Let me tell you something about that. That may be true about the Shiite and Sunni thing, but guaranteed, when the Imam Mahdi shows up in all his demonic devil glory... 
All the Muslims are going to get on board real quick. Shiite, Sunni, I don't care who they are. They're going to be all one big happy family when that dude shows up. They're going to all become believers real quick. That may divide them now. It won't divide them then. They won't be able to deny it. So I really, that's, to me, that's irrelevant, that argument. Because I've had people say that. And I'm like, well, that's all going to be irrelevant when he shows up. Just like when, it, as, as radical Islam in a particular country where, let's say, it was just moderate Islam, when the radical elements show up, do the, do the moderate elements ever suppress them? Is there ever one? No, it's the radical elements, which is typically a minority, always overcomes the majority of, of the moderate, and then the moderate become more radical, because if they don't become more radical, they'll be beheaded, or they'll be killed, because they'll say, well, you're not hardcore enough, you need to go the distance here. And if you don't, we're going to kill you or your family. So they're, they're coerced, forced into becoming radical. In, a, in order to demonstrate their two, true allegiance to Allah. So this, this next link that was in the video was from David Duke. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? We're going to get the truth from this guy. So the first video was a total lie. It was five years ago. And again, I explained to you the reason why Ahmadinejad was doing that. And they're all like, oh, it's so wonderful and peaceful. And then, then David Duke comes in and says, see, see here, Ahmadinejad, the former KKK leader, comes in. And he's going to give us a history lesson. See, Ahmadinejad and the Jews really are friends. And the Jews love Israel and Israel loves the Jew. Or I mean, the, the Muslims love Israel and Israel loves the Muslims. And all of this is just being suppressed on our media, because this is really the truth. Yeah, all of the quotes, all of the other things, and we have one video that supposedly just undoes everything. No, it doesn't undo it. And I explained to you the reason why Ahmadinejad was being buddy-buddies with them. And that was five years ago. Whole different ball game now. The gloves are coming off, the fangs are coming out, and the true nature of Islam is starting to show more and more and more every day. And it's mostly directed at total annihilation of Israel. Israel's given up land over and over and over again. They're, I think, even less than half of what they were when the country was first formed in 1948. They've given up all this land to the Muslims, and it's never enough. They just move the rockets in closer and bombard them. Give up more land? Good, we'll move the rockets in closer until we finally annihilate every one of you Israelites. You're all going to die, is their motto. That's the only solution. They are absolutely demonically obsessed with total annihilation of the Jews. They're totally of their father, the devil, and of his works and of his lust they will do. Now, why are they so obsessed with Israel and annihilation of them? Because the devil realizes, just like in the days of Noah, if he were to wipe out mankind, totally, and I mean Noah included, the prophecy of the awaited Savior that the Bible talks about in Genesis 3, where it talks about um, the, super, the serpent's going to get his head bruised from the seed of the woman, which happened at the cross when Jesus Christ came and defeated Satan and took, and took the keys from him, okay, that awaited prophecy could never be fulfilled if the devil would have wiped everybody out in Genesis 3. This is why... This all happened in Genesis 3, where fallen angels came down, 
they were fallen, but they came down and they fell. They left their first estate. They procreated. They produced a race of Nephilim giants. And God had to wipe out the whole world, save eight people. He almost accomplished it. The devil did. Because the devil was behind it. Satan was behind that. It's the same thing for today. If the Muslims could totally wipe out Israel, wipe them off the planet, see, they're being satanically guided. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood, the flesh and blood Muslims, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness, high places and, you know, these types of things, Ephesians 6. That's where the battle is. That's those spirits, those evil spirits, these devils are what are possessing these Muslims in mass to have this bloodlust, unbelievable, enraged, white-hot hatred for the Jews. If the devil can wipe them all out, the book of Revelation cannot be fulfilled. Because the book of Revelation, when it gets into the tribulation, mentions the Israelite races and and if they're all wiped out, these prophecies cannot be fulfilled. Revelation 7 and 14, the 144,000 Jewish or Israelite male virgins, and it names them by tribe, just see Revelation 7 and 14, how could that be fulfilled if they were all wiped out? That is exactly why Satan is trying to do this. He keeps trying to make the prophecies of the Bible of no effect. He treat Because he feels like if he can make one prophecy of no effect, he's one, and then his judgment won't happen. It's all about, he's worrying about his own skin. Satan, he doesn't want to be cast in the lake of fire. He doesn't want that. So he's trying everything on the planet to kill the Israelites and to wipe them off the land, and to make them a historical footnote, because he knows then that there are certain prophecies in the book of Daniel and Revelation regarding the tribulation that can never be fulfilled. Therefore, trying to make God a liar. Trying to show that he's more powerful than God. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, no matter what he does. Not going to happen. So, the Muslims are in for a real rough ride. If they think that they're going to annihilate the Jews, because that's not going to happen. Now, does that mean I think I give the Jews a free pass and I don't think they need to get to save, save the same way we do? And I teach like John Hagee and believe in ethnic salvation where they're just saved because of the blood that runs through their veins? No, I don't teach that at all. I have a whole teaching I did on the reason for um, <coughs> essentially Israel's affliction. You know, since the cross. When they said to Pontius Pilate, give us Barabbas, the murderer, crucify Jesus Christ, let his blood be upon us and our children. Well, they brought a collective curse upon themselves that have pretty much persisted to this day. So I don't give them a free pass either. But I'm also not going to throw the baby out of the bathwater and act like all these prophecies in the in the Bible, in the Word of God, are, aren't so, and try to apply them to, like, British Israeliism does to, like, the... Anglo-Saxon races or whatever, or like the black Hebrew Israelite people do, where they say, well, this tribe, all the Jews are done away with, and this tribe is the one that lives in Haiti, and this is the one that lives in Dominican Republic. And there's all kind of crazy stuff out there. Christmas, uh, replacement theology is basically what it boils down to. British Israelism, um, 
the black Hebrew Israelite movement. There's other, there's a lot of, like, the identity movement. It's just some crazy stuff. That's how they'll, that's how those particular little pseudo cults do away with Israel. So, anyway. Confirming what we just said, Ahmadinejad says Israel will be eliminated. Now this was in, uh, this was, this was mainstream news. Speaking in New York today, Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad said Israel will be eliminated. Ahmadinejad made the remarks to reporters. He's in New York and in for the United Nations General Assembly. That's why when I saw this video, I'm like, oh, come on. This just happened and then he, he turned around and said Israel's going to be eliminated? I'm not saying I would have put it past him. But then, I, when, then when I found out and I did research, I realized the video was five years old. Reuters adds, on Sunday, UN Secretary Ban Ki-moon met with Ahmadinejad and warned him, him of the dangers of such incendiary rhetoric in the Middle East, meaning saying we're going <laughs> to wipe you all out. Ahmadinejad did not heed the warning, and speaking to reporters through an interpreter, alluded to his previous rejection of Israel's right to exist. And this is what I'm saying, I mean... I saw this video and I'm like, well, what do you do with all these statements he made to reporters and they reported on it? Does the video undo all these statements? Which one do you believe? I'm going to believe what's coming out of his mouth. Because this is the heart of, of, of Islam. This is way more, this lines up with Quranic, with Islamic doctrine, what he's saying here. Him being warm, happy, fuzzy with all these rabbis hugging one another, that doesn't add up. That's a lie. I knew it was a lie from the moment I saw it. And again, as I quoted, they, they, are, they are commissioned to lie to their enemies in order to advance Allah's agenda. Then he goes on to say, Ahmadinejad, Iran has been around for the last seven years. The last seven to ten thousand years. Yeah, right. Um, they, the Israel, Israelites, have been occupying those territories for the last 60 to 70 years, with the support of the force of Westerners. They have no roots in their history. You liar. He said, referring to the founding of the modern state of Israel in 1948. Yeah, well, I think he's, he's, he's um, forgetting to go back uh, some thousands of years. I guess he conveniently forgot about Abraham, which Islam acknowledges being the progenitor of the Israelites, which happened thousands of years ago. Yeah, he just conveniently forgets about that. Ahmadinejad goes on to say, quote, we don't even count them as any part of the equation for Iran. During a historical phase, they, the Israelis, represent minimal disturbances that come into the picture and then and and are then eliminated. So he's predicting right here at the UN, two reporters, just the other day, that they're gonna all be annihilated. I mean, these are just quotes from him. So, I mean, Reuters reported on this. Here's a uh, vile, disgusting picture of a, it looks to be about a three or four year old holding up a sign, I, I'm pretty sure in uh, America somewhere, that says, Behead all those who insult the prophet. Can you imagine bringing up like your little girl, little boy in such hate? But that's what Islam does. I've heard of stories where the women will be pregnant and the father will be speaking to the baby 
you know, when the woman's pregnant, all of these hate-filled things into the mother's womb. Because the baby is proven, the babies in the womb can perceive things. You know? And it's almost like they're trying to infuse devils, and I mean, not to say generational um, demonic curses don't come into play hugely with Islam. But they're trying to literally infuse their children with hatred and um, devils before they're ever even born. And this is why these people are so barbaric. Because of this type of brainwashing. Her sign says, behead all those who insult the prophet. Using violence and threats. Now again, I provide a free audio teaching, free PDF every week. Uh, this is 23, 22, 23-pager, and I, there's pictures. So if you want to follow along with the study, you can do that. Um, and you can look at the picture here. Her sign says, Behead all those who insult the prophet. Using violence and threats, the Muslim world is trying to impose restrictions on our freedom of speech all over the West. So in other words, what's the not-so-subtle implication here? Well, all the people that would say anything against Islam or its prophet Muhammad, they all need to die and they all need to be beheaded. And you got a three-year-old holding up, holding up a sign indicating that. I mean, her mother must, I think her mother's right there, she must be so proud. And they are. These mothers that they interview of like these martyrs that go in and they strap on nail bombs and go up and blow up, you know, 20, 30 Jews, they're, they're held in the highest of esteem in, in Muslim countries. They're like this, you know, almost, almost like an idol status, these mothers. Because of the great thing that their son did for Allah. It is so sick and so warped and so twisted and so opposite of righteousness. It just defies the imagination. But it's all about the Muslim world trying to impose restrictions on our freedom of speech all over the West. And again, it's, it's supposedly mainly now because of this trailer that came out, of that B-rated trailer that came out that insulted. And most of the Muslims self-admitted haven't even seen it. They're just, you know, they just do whatever their imams tell them to do, essentially. Or who is ever over them. Things that are forbidden... Um, under Shahara law, Sharia, sorry, Sharia law is free speech. It's one of the main things. Under Sharia law, speaking your mind is forbidden. If anything you say contradicts Islam or in any way supposedly hurts the feelings of Muslims, it is forbidden. But they can butcher and commit wholesale evil on a multitude of levels, and we, the quote infidels, are commanded to shut up, cower, and love the Islamic tyranny. I'll never do that. I will die before I ever do that. I was happy when I did a keyword search this week for, I did a keyword search for Islam Muslim Exposed, and I think I was third or fourth on all the internet with one of my teachings. I am so... If I died today, I feel like I would be... Not to say I wouldn't be... Like I'm worthy. Or in any way, shape, or form. Or that... 
I'm looking forward to the judgment seat of Christ or anything like that. But it, I'm, I would be glad that I was able to expose evil. I would be glad that God permitted me to be able to expose this type of evil. And not, and that I didn't keep my mouth shut about it. And that I actually was able to get up there and reach people and expose, if nothing else, Islam for what it is. And again, I don't want to say that any kind of bragging way, because if I got what I deserve, I'd get death in hell. But this evil needs to be exposed. It, there is so much garbage propaganda about it on TV, and it's it's achieving this protected status like nothing I've ever seen. More than Planned Parenthood, more than the gays, more than any, it's the most wicked. This religion is causing more havoc worldwide. This cult, Black Devil Death Cult, is causing more havoc and evil worldwide as far as a religion goes, than anything I've ever seen. Other than maybe the Catholic Inquisitions. I'm talking about modern day. And they're getting this unbelievable free pass to do this, and this protected status. And, you know, I'm just, I'm grateful God put me in a position where I could expose it. I'm just grateful to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if I died today, you know, and if I die because of this, that's fine. May the Lord's will be done. So, going further, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Next story, next report. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Prominent Muslims urge beheading of Westerners, putting their decapitated decapitated heads on display to silence attempts to mock the false prophet, pedophile, and murderer Mohammed. Oh, I added that last part in. (laughs) Oh, man. More intolerance and disrespect from the savages demanding unlimited, they demand unlimited tolerance, respect, and submission. But they give the exact opposite. It is the most, it is the height of hypocrisy that I've ever seen a religion demonstrate other than probably the Catholic Church with their pedophile priesthood and, you know, devil-possessed Pope line of succession and idolatry and killing thousands and thousands of true Christian martyrs over the years and then calling themselves the one true mother church. Islam's given them a run for their money, but hey, Islam came out of the Catholic Church, so it really should be that way. (coughs) Excuse me. On September 18, 2012, Muhib al-Rahman, a senior writer on the leading jihadi, meaning holy war, forum, suggested that Muslims living in Denmark, Germany, and the Netherlands, and the U.S., kill Westerners and display their decapitated heads along roads with a statement reading, quote, this is the punishment of those who insult our prophet. (laughs) Oh, my word. You know, there are no strong-arm tactics here. No veiled threats here. It's 100%, it's like the mafia on steroids. 
You know, how they would come and threaten, and, yeah, you know, you want to you wanna, uh, sleep with the fishes? You want to put on some, uh, you know, cement shoes and wind up in the bottom of the river? It's the exact same demonic, bullying, satanic, strong-arm tactics that the mafia uses. Except it's even worse. They're right out in the public doing it. The mafia does it in private. <laughs> I'm just not going to be intimidated by these people. I refuse. While expressing respect for those Muslims calling for a boycott on European and American products over the release of a B-rated trailer, not even a movie, Innocence of the Muslims, which negatively depicts their false prophet Muhammad, Muhib insists that the best way to deter people from insulting Muhammad and his wives is to implement this proposal, meaning decapitating them and displaying their heads on roads on the side, saying this is the punishment for those who insult our prophet. The thing is, is that this is coming to America. And we're going to look at that. If Americans don't stand up now to this tyranny and resist this now and think it's all going to go away, the exact opposite will happen. It's called resisting evil. This is what we're talking about. Resisting evil. Next, next report. In a 10-minute audio message, a senior sheikh of Al-Qaeda living on the Arabian Peninsula exhorts the Muslims to attack the U.S. for distributing the anti-Muslim Muhammad film. That stupid B-rated trailer. He states that insulting the Prophet is an unpardonable sin which renders pointless any dialogue or demands for apology. And that the only response to it is to kill off and chop off their heads. <laughs> now, can you imagine if they're this up in arms about some B-rated, stupid, ignorant trailer? What about when real attacks come? Like really exposing their religion. And just pointing out what their own unholy writings say, like what I'm trying to do. What about that? That's way more worse. As far as I'm concerned. That trailer was a joke. Let's get real. You know? Let's lay it all out. Let's, let's look at the really big picture and really expose Islam. See, they know the religion is based on evil. Deep down, all of them know that. And they're trying to suppress people knowing the true extent of evil that their religion is and represents. The genital mutilation of their women and little girls. The temporary marriages where you know they can have pedophilic relations with little girls, you know, starting at the age of three. The fact that their prophet Muhammad married well, his favorite wife was Aisha and he married her and when she was six years old and consummated the marriage at nine, and that's what he admitted to. And that's probably a lie. And that was his favorite wife? A six-year-old? I mean, we're talking some really mega sick stuff here. The whole Dancing Boys of Afghanistan, where they're, I mean, that is some creepy, creepy stuff. I've just covered this in previous teachings. But this is what the mainstream modern news, in conjunction with Islam, is desperately trying to suppress. And I'm just trying to bring it out in the open. It's all true. 
I'm not getting into things that are made up. I'm getting into documented, verifiable facts. All of these reports are documentable, verifiable. I'm giving you the links to them. I'm giving you the links to where they were said, who said it. They're admitting this. Yet, they're supposedly a religion of peace. Next next report. Uh, On September 17th, Uh, 2012, Al-Bayan, a media outlet of the jihadi movement in Egypt, published a fatwa on jihadi forums issued by a prominent figure in the movement, Ahmad Ashush, calling to kill the creators of the anti-Islamic film, Innocence, Innocence of the Muslims. It should be noted that several months ago, Ashush issued a similar fatwa urging urging uh, Muslims to kill non-Muslims who insult Muhammad in retaliation for a cartoon. In Germany. I mean, it takes almost nothing. Nothing. To just make these savages just go through the roof. And we're supposed to cower down and give them whatever they want. Or they're going to throw another three-year-old, infantile, demon-possessed temper tantrum. And And the cycle goes on and on and on until they finally get everything that they want, which is total annihilation of the infidels, which will never happen. But I'm saying, in their mind, that's what they want. And they're doing it on purpose. It's all by design. It's all part of their religion to incrementally get, strip us of more and more of our free speech rights, and they get more and more and more Muslim rights bestowed upon them in whatever culture that they're in. Next report. On September 18, 2012, Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb published a communique in which it urged Muslims in North Africa to emulate the September 11, 2012 attacks on the U.S. consulate in Benghazi and attack U.S. diplomats and embassies in their countries. So they're all about evil, violence, killing and this mob psychosis mentality. Now, I talked about last week about the inner cities and what's going to happen there. But there were so many things I didn't mention. I didn't mention the Muslim aspect, how that could come into play. With the, with the racial, you've got Hispanic, black, now add in Muslims, who, are, who have been waiting for this moment for years and years and years, who have their sleeper cells already in the United States. Then you've got the people like Russ Dizdar talked about where you've got these satanic super soldiers, like literally MK Ultra Mind Control slaves that have been waiting in the wings for years. These Satanists also that have been waiting in the wings for years that I've reported on in order to finally have the mass mayhem, shock and awe, kill and destruct. I mean, you're going to have all these people being activated literally at the same time. All at once. It's going to be unlike anything probably this world's ever known. All of these different demonic, devil-possessed dynamics going hot all at once. And then our own government. And then the foreign troops. And then the natural disasters. And then most likely some type of pandemic mixed in with that. And then World War III. Oh my word. It's going to be mayhem at a level none of us can comprehend. Myself included. Just look at the wonderful reports. I just added this in before I started. This was just on Drudge this morning. This were the main top, uh, looks like, eight reports. Top eight. 
I'm just going to read you the, the one line. First one, Afghan soldier kills two more American troops. Now, this is all Islamic, Muslim-motivated type of stuff. Stri- next one, string of Iraqi car bomb blasts at least 32. Now, I'm not saying we haven't went over there and done a lot of evil with using depleted uranium and doing a lot of wickedness on our own, fighting to make sure that we preserve the oil fields and guarding the, the, the poppy plants and those types of things over there. And our own government's self-admitted. Like I've said, our government is in league with the radical elements of Islam. So I'm not giving our government a free pass either. And I'm not saying we haven't incited them in a lot of ways. So don't get me wrong there, because I get accused of being, oh, you're just this, or you're just that. No, I am giving you the full picture. Next article. Muslim protesters torch Buddhist temples in Bangladesh. Next article. Next report. Militant group in Al-Shahib attacks church in Kenya. Next report, bomb explodes near Islamic school in Nigeria. Now, this just all happened, like, in the last day. Next article, grenade attack on a fair in Thailand injures 30. Next next report, car bomb kills four in Syria. Next report, U.S. military deaths in Afghanistan hit 2,000. These are all Islamic hate motivated. It's just, just in the last day. But they get a free pass in the press. Could you imagine if there were Christians out there doing one one-thousandth of this? They look for any excuse to demonize a Christian, a real one, particularly. Go out and, in, 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 you know, march in front of an abortion clinic and wind up in jail. Or go out in uh, street preach and wind up in jail. Come against the gays and they, oh, and they're demonized beyond belief. We would not be able to get away with one one thousandth, one one hundred thousandth of what the Muslims do if you look collectively collectively at their demonic body of work that they have done, we wouldn't be able to get away with one one hundred thousandth without, you know, the press coming down on us from all angles. But they get a free pass. Pretty much. Next article. During a demonstration that was held in front of an American embassy in Cairo on Tuesday, now this report came out September 18th, a Muslim cleric named Abdu Islam tore and burned the Holy Bible in front of thousands of Muslims. His action was met with applause and anti-Christian cheers from the demonstrators. Before leaving the demonstration and getting into his car, he told crowds, quote, Next time I will urinate on it, and next time I will make my grandson urinate on it. On the Bible. But they're a religion of peace, love, and tolerance. Just remember that. They're barbarians. Savages. I I don't know what else to say. And I'm not going to give the moderate Muslim or the, or the lukewarm Muslims any pass either. Because I'm going to get into that a little bit later. They're the cover. They're the cover for this element. Egypt, next article, Egypt wants death penalty for Americans who blaspheme Muhammad. Now, can you imagine? This is all supposedly from one some little dumb 15-minute B-rated trailer. I mean, that, if they're doing this now, can you imagine how much worse it's going to get? 
when they have a real reason to riot, maybe, in their eyes at least. Here it shows the uh, Muslims burning, uh, ripping apart the U.S. flag at the embassy in Cairo. We've just given all this millions of dollars to Egypt, and this is how they pay us back. Egypt's general prosecutor issued warrants of arrest Tuesday for seven Egyptian Coptic Christians and a Florida-based American pastor and referred them to a trial on charges linked to any Islamic film that has sparked riots across the Muslim world. (laughs) The prosecutor's office said in a statement that the accused, which included the film's alleged producer, faced charges of harming national unity. See, it's always our fault. Anybody that would dare do anything, of course, I'm not going to side myself with the guy that made this thing, but it's never their fault for their own actions. They can behave like the biggest, barbaric, murderous, demon-possessed devils on planet Earth, but it's never their fault. They were incited to do it, and they have such little control over their own faculties that they can't help it when they go into this just demonic rage and kill and destroy and behead. I can't be held accountable for that. You know, they're just very passionate. The prosecutor's office said in a statement that the accused, which include the film's alleged producer, faced charges of harming national unity, insulting and publicly attacking Islam, and spreading false information. If anything, the, the trailer didn't go far enough, but anyway, the office said they could see they could face the death penalty if convicted. The Obama administration wants to forgive, and then conversely, the Obama administration wants to reward them and forgive approximately $1 billion of Egypt's debt to the United States. This is in addition to about the $1.5 billion in annual U.S. foreign aid. So Obama wants to forgive them of the $1 billion and also keep up the $1.5 billion in annual aid. We want to reward this type of behavior. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. Let's reward it. Okay, I'm way over time on, my, on part one. I'm going to go to part two next. Uh, God bless you, and we'll see you in part two. Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N. D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.